Hi, welcome to Life First God Heals. I'm one of your hosts, Kurt Flagel. And I'm your other host, Kim Ward. And today we have my good friend Tracy Rogers with us, and we're just going to get to hear a little bit of her story and how God's moving and working in her life. Tracy, thank you for coming on the show. This is so awesome to have you here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been a few years since we've seen each other in person. Yeah, I was excited to hear from you. So yeah, so I guess we met at the healing rooms in San Maria. Yeah, class of Supernatural. Yeah, so kind of the overview is it's the School of Supernatural Ministry. It was at the time, I think that they've changed it a little bit, but mm-hmm. it was based off of Bethel's School of Supernatural Ministry. It was really amazing because there was a lot of hands-on practical application. It was, hey, now we're in a safe environment. We're going to do this with each other, and we're going to ask God for words for each other. I mean, it's actually how we celebrated everyone's birthdays in the school was that they had to go up front. Both one of my most favorite experiences and one of my least favorite experiences at the same time because I was <laughs> way more attention than I really wanted. Well, um, that's the least part. What was the favorite? Just having other people get words for you from God like there's something really encouraging about that for sure you know because I love Chris Thousand talks about how prophecy is really just finding the golden people and calling it out because you're speaking truth that God said about that person to them maybe they haven't heard or received Mm -hmm. so we learning to hear yeah that learn I feel like learning to hear God learning to hear more clearly for ourselves for others and putting it into practice was a huge part of the school and then I think you started having some more health issues when I started the class I was actually I had a pick line and I was in the middle of treatment for Lyme disease so I was going through antibiotic treatment so I was on three antibiotics for three years Part of that time, I had a pick line, so I had to do the IV antibiotics twice a day, and I'd be on, at one point I was on the IV, I'd have to be on it for like three hours, Uh twice a day. That's what I was doing during that class. Yeah. So I had to kind of work around that. Yeah, I remember it seemed like you were tired a lot when we were there. So I had to pretty much quit doing everything else and just, you know, take the class and and do the class, and that's all I did for that period of time. It was hard, like you brought up that I didn't really have time to do other things, and I didn't look sick, so friends didn't always understand why I never had time, because I had to basically say no to a lot of things so I could say yes to the class. That's just something I've had to learn through this illness like can't do everything so when I say yes to something I have to say no to other things when you say you have to say no to things what do you do when you can't do other things so I'm a lot better now in the beginning I was completely bedridden for years I didn't know what was wrong with me and the doctors didn't know what was wrong and they just basically thought it was in my head And I was going to a chiropractor. I had been in a couple of car accidents, so I thought, oh, I'm just having problems from these car accidents. A lot of it was just pain, um, really tired, cramping. I would have, like, uh, spasms and cramping in my neck. And it got to a point where I remember one day I was at the bank and just standing in line. The pain was so bad, it's like it went from my neck down into my stomach, and I was starting to just feel physically sick. 
to my stomach from the pain being so bad. And this chiropractor, he kept telling me that I have Lyme disease. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't believe him. I just thought he was weird and he was bothering me. And so (laughs) I just, I kept putting it off. But he did not give up. Every time I went to see him, he would just pressure me about it. And he finally, he said, will you call this lady and talk to her? Her and her daughter, they both have Lyme disease, and we just call her. So I was working out at Camp San Luis at the time as a contractor, and I could not make it through the day. I was having to go lay in my car because I was so exhausted. One day on my break at work, I called that lady, and it's like everything clicked. And I finally heard somebody with the same weird symptoms, like I could smell something and feel sick, just very sensitive to things, sensitive to chemicals. It was like everything made me sick. I remember one time my mom kind of made a joke about, you know, you hear like what people are known for their quotes. And she Mm -hmm. said, my quote was, I don't feel good. I feel sick. That's like what I was always saying, you know. So after the conversation with that lady, I ended up going to a naturopathic doctor who tested for Lyme disease, and he tested me and found out that it was Lyme disease, and so I started the treatment for that, and that was about almost four years of antibiotics and naturopathic treatment and chiropractic and all kinds of fun stuff that I tried. Why did you have to go to a naturopathic? Your insurance wouldn't cover it? So the doctors around here say that we don't have Lyme disease. Really? Yeah. Although the veterinarians say that dogs and, you know, animals get Lyme disease. So it doesn't make any sense. So the veterinarians know that we have Lyme disease, but the doctors don't. And I hadn't been back east. And this is several years ago. So this is, I mean, maybe it's changed now, but I do remember years and years ago, I had a bullseye rash, and that's one of the symptoms. So um, if you're bit by a tick and you have a bullseye rash and flu-like symptoms, if you go to the doctor and they'll prescribe you three weeks of antibiotics, that can flush it out and you don't get sick. But because I didn't know, I never saw a tick, I didn't even know what a tick looked like. I had seen a tick when I was younger, but it was on somebody, so it was full. It wasn't flat like but you see the other pictures, it's kind of gross, but <laughs> I didn't know, you know, what a tick even looked like, so. In the middle of all that, you wound up not being able to work. Yeah, so growing up, my mom always said, don't ever rely on a man. That was, like, strongly pounded into my head, and I started working at a really young age, like, I, I mean, I just always remember having jobs, mm. and... I ended up where I couldn't work, and I had to learn to rely on my husband. So we went down to one income. We were used to having two incomes, but that totally provided for us, so much so that I was able to get the treatment, pay cash for the treatment, and all of the supplements and everything else that they were prescribing to go along with everything and do the class. Which sounds (laughs) like it was kind of expensive. It was, yeah. Yeah. What were some of the specific ways that God provided for you to have the money that you needed to do all those things when you were at one income? Honestly, I don't even know how he did it. (laughs) I mean, my husband moved to another um, job out at Camp San Luis, 
and so he did have a, a raise. Yeah. You know, he, he got a better job, so he was able to provide. We always had insurance. Um, I was able to find a doctor that would work with my naturopathic doctor. So my antibiotics ended up being covered by the insurance because of this doctor that would work with the naturopathic doctor. They put me on a home health care, so I actually had an, a nurse that came once a week, changed out my pick line, did all of that. So my medical did end up being paid for. My naturopathic doctor was not paid for. Mm. But my antibiotic treatment was paid for. And your husband now had a, a, a better paying job. Yes. Which helped cover the fact that you weren't working. Right. Well, those are some pretty specific ways that, that God moved in that. Yeah, and we were able to buy a house. In the beginning, when we were first looking for homes, I found this really cute 1950s home that completely needed to be remodeled, and I was just in love and had my heart set on it. And we were in escrow on that, and then it ended up not working out. And I was so bummed out, but we ended up getting this other house that was total miracle. Hmm. It wasn't even listed, and I was just looking and happened to find it, and it just God worked it all out so that we got this particular house, and it was newer and move-in ready, and I thank God all the time that we moved into that house because I wouldn't have been able to handle doing anything. I, I mean, I'm still trying to unpack from seven years ago, you know, so... Um, I wouldn't have been able to handle a remodel on a home. And God knew. And God has just taught me so much through this on trusting Him and His timing and that He knows what's best. If, if something doesn't work out, there's a reason. I love the thing that you said, how God took something away from you that you had your heart set on. Mm-hmm. And how many of us, you know, get disappointed when that happens. Where we've got our heart set on something, and then it it's taken away. And the first thing we always ask is, "Why, God? Mm-hmm. Right? Why? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this to me?" And it feels like a punishment. When in reality, a great principle I'm learning as I as I walk with Him on this journey, is that whenever God takes something away from us, it's always to give us something better yeah. in return. I mean, this is something I learned in parenting. As a new parent, when when my first daughter was just a baby, I, I just remember thinking, there's no instructions that come with this kid. I don't know what to do, you know? And so I, I was reading all these books. One of the best books I ever read on parenting a daughter was a book by a guy named Robert Wolgamuth, which was She Calls Me Daddy. But one of the principles he gave was like, when you take something away, give something back. Mm. Let's just pretend for a second that my daughter found a penny that's been under the refrigerator for 17 years, you know, and it's, you know, all that grease and all that stuff, and is about to put it in their mouth and you have to take it away. Make sure you give the child something back that's better. And I think Mm -hmm. that is a great principle for parenting because it does reflect the heart of God, which is Mm -hmm. what you just shared with us. Yeah, so true. So good. God took that away only because he had something better to Mm -hmm. give. And if we will just relax. (laughs) Yeah. The other, the Bible verse I'm thinking of, as you're saying this, is be thankful in all things. Mm. In all things. Yes. 
And that's not always easy to do, but I feel like everything that I lost from being sick, what I what God gave me, so much better. Through all of it, he was there for me in those long nights or days of suffering. Like there was just so, something so sweet at the same time like that I got from that. Which I don't know how to explain. Like, are you saying in those times of suffering that you just sensed his, it was his presence? You felt comfortable? Well, not always. I mean, there were a lot of really long, long days of just suffering where I really didn't even want to live. I mean, it was really hard, but I just really kept focused on what I had to be thankful for. And there was so much that I had to be thankful for. Mm. And... The hope that we have in Jesus. When I first got sick, my father-in-law, he was always trying to help us. And he found this conference they were having. And there was different doctors and speakers coming out to talk about Lyme disease. And we went to this conference. And when I walked in, you could literally just feel the oppression. Like, it just felt so dark. People just didn't have hope. Ryan even was like, that just felt awful. Like, you could just feel it. The people that were sick, that were there, they just really didn't have the hope. And I feel like through that, I've always had that hope and the joy that really we can only find in the Lord. Yeah, but it sounds to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds to me what I hear you saying is that you're intentional in looking yeah. for things to give thanks. Yes. Like, that scripture, give thanks in all circumstances, right? Yeah. Give thanks in all things. You took that to heart. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's one thing to know the word. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can quote that scripture, mm-hmm. but far fewer actually live it. Mm-hmm. Like, choose intentionally to give thanks in all circumstances. And what I hear from you is... In doing so, that's where you found joy. Mm-hmm. Because you chose to take time every day to go, what are the blessings that I have? My husband believes in healing. So, I mean, I believe too, but he's always trying to encourage me and he's always believed that I will be healed. I am healed mm-hmm. in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. He already did it on the cross. I am healed. Mm-hmm. And so just learning to walk that out And I have gotten a lot better. I mean, I'm working. I'm running all over the place again. I've got to kind of slow myself down and remember, like, not to be busy with everything, but to be more intentional with my time. I've really learned to be more intentional, which I struggle with because I want to say yes to everybody. But I want to do what God wants me to do, and then he'll give me the energy to do it. But when I'm just doing things because I want to or because somebody else needs help. I don't always have the energy, and then it's like I do it, but then the next day I'm in bed or not feeling well or having to make up resting the next day. Yeah. So I push myself probably more than I should. But here's what I'm hearing, and this is something that is important to me personally because I struggle with a disease that continually destroys the muscles in my legs, arms, and throat. So I'm just growing weaker all the time at this point. Listening to you talk about you believing that you're healed 
and then listening to you say, but I have to be careful and wise mm -hmm. about how much energy I expend. The question that came to mind is, okay, where's the, the tension and where's the rhythm in between believing you're healed, but also living in the reality of your current circumstances? Mm -hmm. And what I hear in that, and is what's helpful for me, is that rhythm of being able to say, I'm healed, and stand on that promise mm -hmm. because of Isaiah, right? We have that promise that by his stripes we're healed. I mean, that's powerful just saying that. I mean, right now I'm really feeling that emotionally. But you also have these struggles that you have to be careful of, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that rhythm is of what is and what shall be is what Jesus tells us to live in, the now but not yet. Mm -hmm. We have promises, like even in Ephesians 1, it says, those of us who believed in Jesus have been sealed with the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of our inheritance. Mm -hmm. And and Paul says, clearly in Philippians, um, this letter to the, people, the ancient church in Philippi, I do not consider to have yet grasped this, but one thing I do, I press on towards the goal. So here's the beauty and the tension is, We've been guaranteed the inheritance. Mm -hmm. Not yet all ours, but we have the Holy Spirit. Like a child whose parents have died and left an incredible wealth, the child can't necessarily operate in that wealth yet because they're not mature enough. Right. So they're given a guardian to dispense the wealth as needed. They don't have the fullness of the inheritance until they mature to a certain age. That's so good. Right? I love that. We're not mature until we die. It's weird to say that, but the maturity of having the fullness of the inheritance mm -hmm. doesn't come until we die. And even then, what Scripture says and what the Jewish belief was, that the fullness of the promises of salvation and redemption weren't met until the resurrected body. If you go back to that, even that same Scripture where Paul says, as a Jewish rabbi, Paul says, I do not consider to have obtained this yet. And what he's talking about, if you go back to just one passage, is he wants to know Jesus and his suffering and death so that he can somehow know Jesus and his resurrection from the dead. Mm. And then he says, but I have not yet obtained that. Mm -hmm. And for a Jew, resurrection from the dead was salvation. Mm-hmm. That was their salvation. It was not complete until they were in their resurrected body. And so, like, he's not saved yet. He's been guaranteed that inheritance. Mm -hmm. But Paul says, I have, I have not obtained my salvation. I have been justified through faith in Jesus. But that's not the fullness of my salvation. That's only the beginning. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think they're saved because they've been justified. That's the promise of salvation that we have accepted. And then there is the walking out of sanctification mm -hmm. where we are being transformed into the renewing of our mind. We are yeah. being transformed into the promises that God has said are already true of us. And we live and operate out of those promises until the day that it is fully realized and we have gained our inheritance in our resurrection so salvation really, from, my, from what I see from the, the Judeo-Christian standpoint, from the early church is three parts, justification, sanctification, and glorification. Mm. 
And so this is what I hear in you is the now but not yet and all that crazy explanation. This is what I'm learning about my own illness is I can stand here and say I'm healed Mm -hmm. because that has been promised to me. Right. It's been promised to me from the cross that I'm healed. But I also live in the what is. And Mm -hmm. this is dependence on the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We've been talking a lot lately about like the last couple of episodes even a few ago about living in God's timing and how, the, how Israel in the Old Testament, when they were traveling through the desert for 40 years, they relied on a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night to determine when they were to stay where they were yeah. and when they were to move. And this is the reliance on the Holy Spirit. We are healed. But our faith in that we are healed is dependent on us moving with the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. in that healing. And it is not faith to ignore the Holy Spirit telling us to rest and Mm -hmm. we've overextended ourselves. Yeah. Because healing comes through faith in Jesus. It's always what it is. Obedience. And so the fullness of healing is not just physical. Mm -hmm. It is mind, body, and spirit. Mm -hmm. And so reliance on the Holy Spirit, real healing goes, I am completely healed and I believe that, so I'm going to listen to everything the Holy Spirit says. And if he tells me to rest today, I will rest. And and then if he says tomorrow, now work your butt off and do all (laughs) these things, I will do that. Trusting that I am healed. I am fully healed, and I am walking in the Holy Spirit as, as the deposit of that healing, of that guarantee of my inheritance. I will walk in, that, in that, His power, and when He tells me to move, I'll move. Mm-hmm. When He tells me to rest, I'll rest. Mm-hmm. That's healing. That's, yeah. that's what I just hear right now. Like just, ha- just knowing that and having that confidence that you know, He is in control. He's leading and guiding. Like, keep your eyes on him, and he'll take you where you need to go. He'll give you the rest. But learning to listen to that and doing it has been a struggle for me Mm. because I think that may have what led me to getting sick in the first place, not resting, not listening, Mm. just going hard, not listening to my body, making bad choices and life and stress it all was so hard on my immune system two people can get bit by the same tick one can have a strong immune system and never get sick the other one can end up getting sick because their immune system couldn't fight it off Mm. compromised compromised kind of like sin where just comes in and do some damage This is stuff that really is really just hitting me hard when it comes to my own physical struggles. And even in that, what you just said, sin. Well, not listening to God. I mean, that right there. Yeah, that's sin, right? Yeah. Not listening and obeying God. Like Jesus said, and this has been coming again and again and again to Matthew 7, the man who hears my voice and obeys what I say is like a wise man who builds his house Mm -hmm. on the rock, on the strong foundation. And this is what's interesting about that idea. Whatever God says literally is what's best for us. Mm -hmm. Even when he takes things away, it's because he has something better. So God is always operating in what's best for us. So sin is not 
listening and obeying to God who is giving us our death. So in other words, sin is not uh, is not accepting the best that God has to mm-hmm. offer. And it might not even be, you know, doing something bad necessarily. Right. It's just... Not doing something good for, you know... Or like, something better, yeah. like the best. Yes, yes, not doing... Not so, doing not, the best. Not accepting the best. The best. Yeah. Being, you know, in control of my life. Yeah, that was a struggle, mm. wanting to be the one in control all the time. Mm-hmm. Guilty. Yeah, it's, Guilty. it's hard yeah. to always, you know, trust God. And to trust Him to provide with other people. Because I remember when we were talking about it on the phone, and you were telling me when you had to start relying on Ryan to be the main source of income, you had to trust God, too, and your identity had been in how busy you were mm-hmm. and how much how much you could work and provide for yourself and be reliant. Yeah, I loved my jobs. Just, I love, I still, I love working. I, I love the work. Your mother hammered it into your mm-hmm. head and in, and therefore into your heart that yeah. this is this is something you have to live by. Mm-hmm. Do not rely on a man. Do not rely on anyone but your own hard work. Yeah. And that comes to a place of what we do becomes our identity. Mm-hmm. This is like forged into our identity. What you know, we're no longer human beings. We become human doings. Yes. And so it sounds like in all of this. One of those things to be thankful for, one of the things that's best is God destroying the old identity or the things you conform to that -hmm. were your identity, that were actually things of this world. As Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, no longer be conformed to this pattern of this world. And the pattern of this world is to find our identity in all the wrong things. All the wrong things rather than who God says. Everything but what God says, Mm -hmm. who God says we are. Yeah. And it sounds like in this illness, one of the things that's best that God gave you was the real, true understanding of your identity right. by stripping away. Like him. All the old. Yeah. yeah. Be transformed by the renewing. So he's always renewing our mind with the word. Okay, so you, you can't rely on what you do for a living to be you. How many times does somebody say, I'm a firefighter? Right. I still struggle with that. Like somebody the other day, he was an uh, author signing a book for me, and he's like, well, what do you do? And instantly, you know, it's like I go to my profession. Uh, but I caught myself, and it's like, how do you answer that? Mm. I haven't really thought about that. I, I kind of need to ponder that a little bit, mm. you know. When somebody asks, who are you? Know, who yeah. are you? Well, what I do yeah. is I follow Jesus, so yeah. I'm a disciple. If you look at the New Testament, especially in Acts, they were called followers of the way, yeah. which Jesus was the way, the truth, and the mm-hmm. life, as he said. You know, they were called disciples, followers of Jesus. So for me, this is what I do. If we're going to wrap who, who we are. First and foremost, yeah. Yeah, if we're going to wrap who we are and what we yeah. do, well, I follow Jesus, that's, yeah. so that's who I am. You know, God, we said that God takes things away to give us something better. He's stripping away the identity born out of doing. So what's the best? Who is Tracy? What has God spoken into you and revealed about yourself? Really what I'm learning is how to be a daughter of God and see him as a father. And that's been a process, just figuring out what it all means. You know, it's like I've got all these promises in the Bible and I've just got to hammer this out every day and I've got to say this out loud every day and I've got to speak it out over myself and I was just 
exhausted. You know, there are times I didn't have it in me to do that. Mm. And that's another time I'm just thankful, you know, to have a husband that is strong in the word and believed and would stand in the gap. Sometimes we have to stand in the gap for people Mm. and we need people to stand in the gap for us. And I had to learn how to get help, how to receive help, how to let things go. I mean, my house used to be spotless. You could eat off the floor. <laughs> and now it's like, I don't know the last time I mopped. You know, I I had to let it go. You know, I'd get my son and my husband would help. And it was never perfect. It was never good enough. But I learned, okay, well, at least I'm thankful that they they helped. Like, it's better than it would have been, <laughs> you know, like little baby steps mm-hmm. and you know, now I've just gotten to a place where it's like, I just got to let it go. It doesn't matter. You learn what's important, and you just got to let the other stuff go. I want to emphasize what you just said, because daughter, beloved child, is the primary foundational thing we need to accept. Colossians 3, one of my scriptures that I like, I pin so much of my daily routine on and just coming into God's presence talks about being clothed in all Mm -hmm. of who God is, his compassion, Mm -hmm. his humility. Like Jesus said, come to me all you are weary and heavy burden. I will give you rest for your souls. And he gives us a reason. He says, because I am humble and lowly in Mm -hmm. spirit. And we often don't pay attention that Jesus says he's humble. Mm -hmm. And the, the picture of Jesus washing his disciples' feet the one who would betray him, and he knew it. He even said it just at that dinner. You're going to betray me. Go do it. He tells Peter, you're going to deny me three times this very night. He knew all that, and he got down and washed their feet. And one of the beautiful things that I that I, I had a vision of Jesus at my feet, washing my feet. Wow. And then he reached out his hand to me with a smile on his face. There was so much love in that. He never said a word. He just reached out a hand. Of hand was an invitation come down here with me mm. and in that the picture of him washing his disciples feet for me has become tied with Romans 8 1 where it says now there's no condemnation mm-hmm. for those who are in Christ Jesus because this is where Jesus is at our feet mm-hmm. he is not above us looking down at us ever condescendingly condemning mm-hmm. us judging us he's too busy being at our feet looking up at us serving wow. us and so here is Jesus giving us in Matthew 11 when he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burden. The promise is I'm a safe place. Mm-hmm. I'm not ever judging you. You're so safe with me because I'm at your feet, washing your feet constantly. I'm at the lowest place. I'm humble. He pulls back the curtain and shows us his character. And in that Colossians where it says, Be clothed in my humility. Be clothed in and the compassion that I have, it says we can be clothed in this, and here's the big part, what you just shared, this is the big deal, as chosen ones, holy and beloved. Mm -hmm. This is our identity. We're holy and beloved. This is foundational. You know how many times I hear disciples, people who follow Jesus say, I'm a sinner? You know how many times I hear that? No, it's sad. Be no longer conformed to the pattern of this world, Mm -hmm. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may test and approve what is God's goodwill, right? His his best. 
being conformed to the pattern of this world, this world, again, makes an identity out of things that we do. So we sin, mm -hmm. so we are a sinner. That is the pattern of this world. Right. If I am calling myself a sinner, then I am agreeing with the world's standpoint mm -hmm. of what I do is what I am, rather than what God says is who I am. Yeah. God says we are his beloved children. We are holy and beloved. That's not a sinner. And the righteousness. Yes. Of God in Christ Jesus. Right. Chosen, holy, beloved, righteous. Not because of anything we did. Right. Yeah, because of what he did, and he did that because that's how he always saw us. Mm -hmm. And now we are learning to align with what he says. That is it. While yet we were sinners. Yes. It said. Yes. He died he, for us. He chose to do that. Because he always saw and beloved, mm -hmm. whether we agreed with it or not. Mm -hmm. It was what he saw and what he said, and we are learning now to no longer be conformed to the perspective of this world, but the perspective of God. And this is why, before Kim jumps in here, I want to commend you that you have agreed. In all of this struggle, the foundational thing is you've agreed with God who says you're his beloved child. Mm -hmm. You're his daughter. That's huge. Yeah. Huge. It has been huge just learning that and trying to figure it out and what it means and how to act accordingly, you right. know. Act accordingly because when we agree with an identity, we begin to live out of it. Right. So if I say I'm a sinner, yeah. how am I going to live? Exactly. Then it's okay to do your next sin because you're kind of expecting. Yeah. Because that's your focus. Right. That's your ex expectation. But mm -hmm. if you say, yes, I sin, I will not let it define me because God says that's yeah. not the defining thing. Yeah. I'm defined by what he says. And if, and if, like you said, if I say, yes, I agree with you, God, that I am your beloved son, then I'm going to live out of that. Mm -hmm. And the more I believe and accept that, the more I walk in that. Yeah. That's foundational. And yet so many Christ followers don't walk in that. They walk as and call themselves sinners. Mm -hmm. You know, and the beauty is once we take that step and believe that foundational truth that we are beloved, God's beloved children, chosen, holy, righteous, and begin walking that, he begins to even dial it down to his personal view of us specifically as his children, Kurt, Tracy, Kim. Well, I was just thinking, too, because what I noticed was originally your identity was all based on what you did. Because mm -hmm. that was all so much of what we talked about on the phone the other day. You know, you it was your job. It was taking care of yourself, making everything look good in the home, you know, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But when it was all stripped away, what are you left with? Yeah. You have to learn how to be who you are when your identity is no longer tied into what you do. You know, be his daughter, as you said, be his delight. Mm -hmm. You know, I love this, the scripture, and I finally memorized it. Because that was, his delight, you know, is is one of the ones that God's been speaking over me pretty consistently lately. Apparently I needed it hammered in. But he gave me a, a verse in Isaiah. It's in Isaiah 62, if I'm remembering correctly. But, you know, it says that, you are a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no more be termed forsaken, 
and your land shall no more be termed desolate. But you shall be called, My delight is in her, and your land married, because the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. You know, it's such a good verse. That is awesome. To just settle in. I I think it's 62 verses 3 and 4. It's on a post-it note on my mirror in my bathroom. But that's true. Like, he delights in you. I think that's such a huge part of what I've seen from even when we first met to now is just this ability to be still and have that be okay. Because I remember how much of a struggle you were having back, you know, back when we were in school of just struggling to find your identity because you weren't able to do all these things and it felt like there was this insecurity because you couldn't say yes to the things that you wanted to and most people didn't understand that. Most You look fine. No, people were offended that, you know, we didn't have time for them mm. and things like that because they just, they didn't understand. It's so frustrating because... You know, day to day, especially back then, I wouldn't know how I was going to be. So it was really hard to make plans, and so I had to really limit that. But I love it. Even in that, you were still trying to reach out. I mean, you guys opened your house to me. I tried to keep life as normal as possible, you know, in some ways. But I remember we had a lot of conversations about how hard that was for you, you know, and I see how far you've come. And it's just amazing, you know, to see what God's been doing in your life and to see you thriving and blossoming even in the middle of this. Really what I've learned is just taking that time in the morning and always putting God first. And when I do that, He provides everything I need. And Mm -hmm. He sustains me and gets me through the day. If I don't make that time in the morning, I'm just crazy all day, you know, (laughs) and everything interrupts and everything and I'm wiped out and I need a nap and all of that. But God is so good and I'm just learning that it's not what I do. It's not based on me or how good I am. It's based on what he's done and provided and just turning to him, relying on him. Definitely. It's really just Philippians chapter 2, where it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't say work for your salvation. Mm -hmm. It's the word out is is very important. We're working out of our salvation. And that means that we stay in rhythm with him and let him carry us. For for example, if we look at the life of Elijah, it was that he he ran because of a threat that Mm -hmm. the queen, Queen Jezebel, gave. And he in, enters this cave, and it says there was, he was waiting for God's presence, and he, there was a fire, and an earthquake, and a windstorm, and all these loud things, right? But it was a still, small voice that whispered. And when we don't take the time to tune in, mm-hmm. like you're saying, in the morning, you tune in to that still, small voice so that your antenna are very sensitive to pick up his leading through the day so you can move in the rhythms of rest and best, what's rest, what's best, Mm -hmm. and not miss it. And then when you don't tune in, it isn't that God isn't speaking rest and best, Mm -hmm. giving us what's best for us, speaking rest into us. He is, but we miss it. Yeah. 
And we get crazy in the day, yeah. right? And we yeah. and then we like expend ourselves in ways he never meant for us. Yeah. So yeah, I hear the rhythm of being proactive in tuning into that still small voice so that throughout the day you may be responsive in the reactions mm -hmm. to what he wants you to do and not miss it. Mm -hmm. So you continually receive what's best and rest in him caring. Mm -hmm. that's that's awesome what an example that is and even it, like one of the other things that we all can turn to for our, for our identity is what other people think of us oh yeah and that also has been yeah. you know stripped away mm -hmm. from you of what other people understand or don't understand or how they view you based on what what you can give them what you can't give them yeah once you get sick it's like you don't have any choice in this <laughs> this is going to happen whether you like it or not <laughs> And you know, it's like, this is the way it is. But it's been good, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't trade any of it. I really wouldn't. Man, I so resonate with you because I say the same thing. You know, like, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Right. But I also wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, I agree, yeah. It's fun for me because I've gotten to see a little bit more of the story mm. and what that's produced in you. Because you could have given up. Yeah. I mean, that technically, that was an option. Yeah. We we have the option to give up. God doesn't want us to take that. It's not his best for us. Mm -hmm. But what does he say? Perseverance produces character. These trials weren't fun, and you're still in the middle of them. It's not that every day is all rainbows and unicorns and sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably really fine. He is, he is, and he's always good, and he's with you. And he's with us. That's something big that I just keep hearing. Like, he's with you, he's with you. Like, he never leaves us. This person who you are in front of us is who you've always been from God's perspective. Mm. And you have agreed with that reality by stepping into that one step at a time through the hard stuff. And this goes back to that very basic principle that you shared in the beginning, the intentionality of giving thanks. To me, what giving thanks does is line me up with the reality of heaven. Mm. If God is real and he is perfect love, and he is all-knowing and all-powerful, then what is there to be afraid of? So giving thanks, choosing to focus on the things to be thankful for, is choosing to focus on the reality of heaven. Mm -hmm. And the more we focus on the reality of heaven and walk in it, the more that reality becomes an experience that we have. And the more we experience it, the more we focus on it and walk in it. And the more we do that, the more we experience. Right. And it's the intentionality of choosing to give thanks and line up with what God says is true. That's mm -hmm. why giving thanks in all circumstances. Yeah, even when you don't feel like it. Yes. Learning to trust Him. It's like baby steps. He takes you through them and... Yeah. And then you get a new challenge. That, and the new challenge is not God doing anything more than saying, I trust you even more. Mm. Right? Every challenge that we have is God saying, you have done so well that I entrust you with this. So we could even reverse and say, yeah, the illness may have come from things that compromise your immune system. But we could also flip that script and say that God trusted you that you would be faithful to trust Well, it says him. he never gives us more than right. we can handle. Yeah. Which sometimes that's hard to believe. It feels like, 
God, I can't do this. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, you can't. But we get through it. We can't and do then, it. Right. But we can. Yeah. Because we trust Him. Yeah. And we get through it because we trust Him. And I think the, the main thing that I, I feel like is the key here is your intentionality to give thanks in all circumstances, to take Him at His word and to do it. You choosing to give thanks to God in all circumstances has lined you up with his reality again and again and again so that even when other challenges come, it is God just saying, let's keep going. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm trusting you with another challenge for you to grow into even get to giving thanks in this, and that develops a deeper character emerging out of this, the core of who you are. Yeah, it just unlocks even more of who you really are from God's perspective to be experienced in this world. And I can tell you from where I'm standing, that's an incredible thing because you, right here in front of me and Kim, I say you are just someone who really reflects the heart of God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Yeah. That is God's grace and mercy. (sighs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So how we love to wrap these things up is to ask if you would pray for everyone listening who is hearing this, who are going through their own struggles, that you would pray for them to experience what you've experienced. Yeah, awesome. Okay, Father God, thank you so much for my brother and sister here and for everyone listening. Just praise you and thank you for who you are and all that you've done for me, God, and you've brought me so far through so many different things, and I know if you can do it for me, you can do it for anyone. So I just ask you, Father God, for your comfort to my brothers and sisters, that you would comfort them, that you would show them who you are so they can see who you've created them to be. Thank you that you never leave us or forsake us, that you're always with us, no matter what, that we always have you, that you give us the strength that we need for each day, God, if we just turn to you, that you'll work all things out for our good. I just pray, Lord, that you would reveal yourself more and more to us. And I pray that you would just meet us right where we're at. Thank you that you meet us right where we are. Thank you that you love us no matter what, that you already see us through Jesus, through what Jesus did. There's nothing we can do or say to earn more of your love, That we already have it. And I just praise you and thank you for that. Thank you for the mercy and grace that you have. Thank you for taking our place, Lord. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for suffering for us, that you took all of that so that we could be set free and help us to walk in that freedom. Help us to know you more, put the right people in our lives, Lord. Thank you that you bring the right people, Mm -hmm. that your timing is perfect, that you have a plan and a purpose for each one of us, Lord. I just pray that you would strengthen us and help us to keep focused on you and what you have and to turn from the past and to just surrender it all to you and to walk out what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much for coming on, Tracy. It's been a lot of fun having you on the podcast. Thanks. It's been fun talking to you both. I've enjoyed it so much. It's been such a blessing. 
it has been a pleasure. I definitely think we're, we're going to have more of these talks. Awesome, I agree, yeah. And please know you can reach out to us with any of your questions, your prayer requests, or if you need help because you're feeling stuck in some area of your life. I am a coach for transformation that helps people move forward on their journey. If you want more information or you want prayer or you have questions, you can email me at coachkurt777 at gmail.com. And as always, remember that you are God's beloved, so be loved.